This is part one of a two-part podcast. Put Paul's brain on your plot. Do you have a hunk of land but don't know where to start? Do you have a world-changing permaculture idea and you need some feedback? Do you feel like the guy in overalls may inexplicably hold the keys to all your wildest permaculture and homesteading dreams? Well, you're probably wrong. But if you want to give it a go anyway, you can hire Paul for a consultation. He will be all yours for a whole entire hour. Schedule your Paul conversation today at permies.com slash consult. permies.com slash consult. So this podcast is dedicated to trying to tidy up my office a little bit. Samantha stopped by, and uh, and she's like, I'll help you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think you realize what kind of crazy you're opening up. But one of the things is is that um, we have this lovely, it looks like a rock sample, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and, and, uh, as we, as we were looking at this and properly trying to contemplate it in order to put it away, I'm so sorry. I'm crazy that the way I live my life day to day is probably so contrary to way, the, the way that normal people live their lives. And, and so the way that I deal with this is, um, I don't know. I think it would drive anybody crazy, but what I try to do is, solve problems with patience and i kind of feel like actually almost everything all day long it's like you solve problems with patience hmm. that's the that that's the way you figure stuff out um and and you sit down and you really try to think it through rather than doing something quick mm-hmm. and and it's like and granted there's some things that you just do that are quick there's some things that you have figured out 20 years ago and you just keep doing it that way because you know it's good enough or whatever all right but at the moment we're looking at a rock and and part of me thinks like because um, when we looked at it, and what do we do with it? And it's like the, the the good thing to do is, you know, I think I need to say something in a podcast about this. So the history is, is that Uncle Mud, Chris McClellan, uh-huh. had a conversation with somebody. And they talked about this rock. And I, you have to say rock with quote marks around it. But okay. And uh, he was very impressed Hmm. Uncle Mud, mm-hmm. uh, a, a natural builder that's so obsessed with natural building, he puts mud right in his name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he asked this person to send me samples of the product. And so this is what we're looking at. Okay. Plastic bags with these black rocks in it. And and how heavy is it? That's like super. It's, it's so, so light. light. It almost looks like it could be charcoal, but it isn't. It is. It's like a pumice. It's like a yeah. very fine pumice stone. And it's so light that if you weren't looking at it in your hand, you might not even know it was yeah. in your hand. Almost it's so light. I mean, it's feather. It's lighter than feathers. If you had a gallon of these and a gallon of feathers, I bet this is lighter than a gallon of feathers. It probably is. Yeah. yeah it's it's bizarrely lightweight. And um, I, th- I agree with Uncle Mud. This is fascinating. And so it's so fascinating. I don't want to just take these bags and put them away somewhere or throw them out or whatever. I I want I need to respect this weird gravel. And so here's here's what it is. It's 
it's recycled glass that has been put into a vacuum at high heat and puffed. Okay. And so, huh. which is which is the thing that they do for perlite. They they take right. bits okay. of this certain kind of sand and then they heat it in a vacuum and it puffs. That's so cool. And and it's like so this is this is puffed and why does it why is it when you puff a piece of broken glass it turns black i i don't yeah. know um so it's recycled beer bottles or other yeah. glass recycled glass but it, it's so now it's insulative and then of course the first thing that i ask mud as i'm holding this is because i had like a hundred questions yes and it's like so does this mean that it can only tolerate temperatures of 1400 degrees uh-huh. and and it's like in what in rocket mass heater stuff what we need is stuff that'll do like 2500 2700 right. and he's like um so i think i can't remember if he had the exact answer but we ended up with yeah 1400 okay and and that's that's because that's glass glass yeah. you know is liquid at or at least very gooey <laughs> at at fourteen hundred. Is that about the same as perlite in terms of its temperature ability? It, it is remarkably identical, okay. which makes sense. Um, a lot of materials, and, and glass is mostly silicone. A lot okay. of materials are going to be are going to melt at about fourteen hundred degrees. Um, you know, clay, of course, will go to three thousand. Uh-huh. Um, and there's you know there's other materials where they have higher temperatures. Like tungsten is like seven thousand or eight. Thousand degrees. Sweet. So um, uh, <clears throat> the the key is is I'm just kind of thinking like, what if you know a city like the size of Missoula could have a little plant that takes in glass mm-hmm. and cranks out this stuff? That'd be so cool. They have like a little machine and they just pour it in and out comes this because it's it's going to be great as an insulation for a home. You just kind of pour oh. it in. Oh yeah. But I mean, it can be used for all kinds of things, and but it just has to get started. And and the other thing is, is that it can be used anywhere where perlite is currently used. Okay. Um, only I think that Mud said this will cost one quarter of oh. what perlite costs, because perlite is like the sandy bits are mined and then it goes through uh-huh. the hot vacuum. Yeah. Whereas this is more like delivered to you <laughs> you don't have to exactly. go get it out of the ground it like just shows up at your doorstep so um what a what an amazing and brilliant thing and and i just kind of so i said yeah let's let's uh let's be respectful to the people who sent this because it is, I mean, people send me lots of things and thank you to all the people who send me gifts. Mm -hmm. I do thoroughly enjoy them. And I'm, and I wish it's like, uh, I don't know how many times I've received a thing and it's like, I need to send them an email and say, thanks. Uh And, and then I get home and uh, you've been here enough times I'm going to say a thing, and you let me know if you think it's accurate. Okay. On any given day that I sit down to do stuff, I probably have about, and assuming there's 2,000 working hours in a year, and, and that I probably do four or 5,000 in a year, um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that there is 
20,000 hours of stuff that needs my attention on any given moment. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And and then as I try to, in the, and how do you eat a whale? One bite at a time. And as I sit down and try and plow through that, mm-hmm. um, I think you you may have observed people come to my door and knock on my door and they need just a moment of my time Mm -hmm. or something has happened in the boot camp and I get a text and I need to, so there's going to be bonus things all day long every day. And, And then, of course, all the other stuff that's going on and little emergencies. And at the end of the day, there are 20 emails that came in that day that I never got to, but I did get to about 250. Yeah. And so, um... The, the the key is is that my life is made. All right. The, the, oh, I was trying to say thank you. This is my cheap ass way of saying thank you <laughs> to people that have actually sent me things. I have enjoyed it. There are postcards up all over my office right now, which there I are. thoroughly enjoy them. Um, one woman painted a lovely thing that's on my door. Oh yes, that's so pretty. Yeah, it's a lovely leaves. I think she lives in France. Huh. And and um, she's kind to all the boots. She knits a hat. She knitted me a hat, Aww. but. I think she doesn't realize how bizarrely enormous my head is. Uh-huh. And so, sorry, it didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did find somebody it did fit. Cool. And so, um, which is another thing is that when people arrive and they meet me for the first time, I learned, I learned the other day that I'm actually taller than Michael Jordan. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, but a lot of people kind of have to go through a couple of minutes of being a little wiggy at how <laughs> giant I am. It's, uh, I, you probably have never seen that. It doesn't happen very often. Like once a year, somebody's kind of like, they get a little unglued. Uh-huh. And they just need a moment to collect themselves. <laughs> and I'm used to it. So uh-huh. it's like, okay, no, no problem. No problem. Just, I'll, I'll I'm going to go over there and I'll come back. Well, we'll do this again in about half hour. <laughs> and it's like, but, I want to say thanks. I do appreciate the gifts. Yes. People send me a book or they uh, send me... I love postcards. I love getting the postcards. Look at these postcards you and stuff. You have so many. Yeah. And all these different people sending you their love. And then and then they're on that wire. So sometimes the wire flips them around and it's their note, what they say. Yeah. And they say such kind things. Yeah. And so... I don't know. The funny, it's, it's like when on, uh, on Reddit, the other, like, I don't know, like four months ago, somebody's like, um, uh, talked about me. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and then somebody on Reddit lost their shit and they, they linked to the slumlord thing mm. and stuff like that. And I, and I, when I see that, and I usually, I don't even see it until a couple of days later and then it's too late. Right. And, you know, the conversation's over. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, they, there's like two things on all of the internet that, that say Paul is icky. But I'll bet that there's like 400, maybe even 800 things that say Paul is great. Yes. But they never link to those. Aww. I think, I think it's kind of human nature. You kind of, people, some people, they, they just, their life is about hate. And, hmm. and it's like, this is how they breathe. And, and it's like, so. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, uh, whereas posting something ugly on the internet is pretty easy, I think sending me a postcard takes about 10 times more effort and I do appreciate it. And thank you so much. Um, 
And, of course, in this mess, I know that there are, like, four or five letters from people I have not opened. And I, oh. and that's part of So we just finished the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter yeah. ended yesterday. So awesome. And I made the mistake of, like, I'm going, I'm going to pop in to see... I'm old enough now. I need to go and see doctors regularly. And I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to be better at that. So I thought I'd pop in and see one. And they're like, now I'm going to refer you. And now I want you to go get tests. And now this and that. So it's like, holy shit, this has become an enormous part of my life. Is mm. like visiting with medical people. Uh-huh. And, it, and so now that the Kickstarter is over, it's time to get caught up on a bunch of different things. And you are foolish enough to offer to help me. And Yay. and so here we are. Now, uh, um, JR is here. Yes. And and so I think I mentioned a previous podcast. You know what's delightful is when when we have a ringer in the boot camp. Mm. And, and so JR is definitely a ringer. Uh-huh. And... Um, and he uh, showed up uh, two and a half weeks ago and just tucked it. Now, he's he's heading back out. He's going to go home today, I think. Yep. But um, uh, there, he, I, th- I think part of it is you kind of fall in love with a project. Yeah. And you want to see it at the very end. And, and the door at Allerton Abbey is a beautiful, amazing thing. And when you operate the door, you feel this... I don't know this this soul building sensation. It's yeah. I have to say it's like art that you can't take picture of. You uh-huh. can't you can't record it in any way. You, there's and and yet it it exists. Okay. So when it was first put up, the guy put it up, he um before putting the hinges on, he got a call from his wife saying, "I need you to come home now." Mm-hmm. today so he slapped some hinges on and ran like hell okay. and those hinges worked great for about a month oh my gosh so the next person came along and was mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna do the hinges right and by right i mean like i'm gonna get this task done with as quickly as they put better hinges on and they lasted four months okay and, and this story kind of goes on and on through several iterations and the last set of hinges lasted a couple of years huh, okay and so um, I sat down with JR and talked about it at great length. And Stephen. Stephen and JR. Yes, okay. And, and, um, and it's like, um, what I, what I think we ought to do is make it so that whatever, cause I think hinges, we keep getting somebody who's gonna solve the hinge problem, but it's on their list of 15 things to do before they go. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, um, they can run to the store, Find the biggest hinges at the store, bring those back, and that's what they did the last time. Is is it's like I'm going to buy five hinges and put five hinges, five giant ass hinges on, uh-huh. and and then that'll fix it. And I'm kind of like, no, we got a special order. Yeah. So because your door is so heavy, yeah, and so deep, it's a very unusual yeah. door. It's very thick. Mm-hmm. It's it is extremely heavy, um, and so. Um, by sitting down, because I kept saying, for the, in fact, even with the first door going up, because it was like, and I think I've talked about this on a podcast before, there's the desire to build a round door. Yeah. And that's going to have a lot of engineering in the wall and in the uh-huh. hinges to be able to support a door, which will probably be something on the order of 600, 800 pounds. Wow. Okay. And so then I say, all right, 
in order to learn about that, mm -hmm. then we need to build a door that is smaller but very heavy. And then we'll build mm -hmm. one that's much larger than that. And then we're ready to build a round door. Okay. So the door that they're working on right now is the one that's the larger of the two. Okay. Because Alderton Abbey has a smaller door on the downhill side. Uh-huh. That's also a very similar design, but not quite as thick and not quite as big in dimension. So it's not quite as heavy. Um, also doesn't feel as cool when you open it. Yes, yeah, so the Allerton Abbey door, when you open it and it's working, is amazing. So it's this feather light in your hand, and you can feel how massive it is. Yeah. And it just swings open perfectly and seals solidly shut. It clicks. It does. Because there's a magnet there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you go to close the door, and yeah. it goes click. And it's just and, you're solid in there. And then when you go to pull it, you feel the magnet mm -hmm. trying to hold it closed, and you just give it a little bit more of a tug, and then it's, but but so it's cool. but it moves so slowly because it's so massive, mm -hmm. and and so yeah, when it's hung well, so, uh, I have always said we need a special order to the hinges. They need to have ball bearings in them, and it needs to be a style of hinge that you weld to a steel plate. Oh, wow. And then we need to put a steel plate on the wood post okay. that'll hold, that we can weld these hinges to, and that the steel plate needs to be bolted through the post. Hmm. No lag bolts. Right. Lag bolts are, they can't do that much. They're, that's asking too much of a lag bolt. Right. This has got to go all the way through and be a machine bolt. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do something similar where there's a steel plate on this beautiful wooden door, oh, which cool. we kind of hate wow. to put steel on, but this is part of the process of eventually being able to someday do a round door. Mm -hmm. So um, the steel is up there. Right. It's getting bolted. Uh, the, it, the hinges are already welded to the steel plates, and so oh, okay. and these hinges are herky. Uh -huh. This is definitely not a hinge you will find at any hardware store. This is way beyond that. So these are glorious, and they're they're ball they have ball bearings in them. They That's are really they cool. are substantial, uh -huh. and they did cost a lot. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Anyway, JR got is I mean it when it is done mm -hmm. then it'll return to being that art that you felt. Yes. Only now it'll be forever art. And the the Dang. one thing I asked from Steven and JR is like I want it so that when somebody comes in that is an engineer, they know what the fuck they're doing, they've built some shit and they see the hinges, they're gonna uh -huh. say that's done right. Yeah. Because I think that if you are a JR type person, to just know that there will be people that are similar to you mm -hmm. and they see it, that's done right. Yeah. That is your food. Exactly. That's the thing that makes your soul swell. Yeah. Is like, you know, so I'm kind of thinking, oh, and there's another topic in here. Mm -hmm. Your. You are now, so you said, you told me that when you arrived, because like you were here a couple of months ago yeah. and I, and, and I said, are you going to listen to an audio book? Oh. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and so I was, you allowed me to make a suggestion. So I made a suggestion for one of my yeah. all time favorite books. And I warned you uh -huh. because A, a lot of people only get a little ways into it. 
And they're like, I can't even understand the words they're saying. It's mm. like they're speaking this whole other language. Nothing makes sense. It's This is the worst book I've ever tried to read or oh listen gosh. to or whatever. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I think only like one person out of 20 can even understand the words of the book. Really? And uh, yeah. So I'm talking about Atlas Shrugged. Yes. And so you listen to it as you drove away uh -huh. and then as you drove here again and it's a five hour drive I love it I'm excited to get in the car just so mm -hmm. I can listen to it again okay or continue to listen to it so I don't want to give everything away because oh it's so good <laughs> but you know you start telling me about the little bits and bobs and it's like oh I think it's time for me to read it again, yeah. um, but it is for me. It's soul feeding, and I know mm -hmm. that um, I know that by saying that I like this book, that probably ninety five percent of the people have already shut off this podcast. So only a few oh, people are still listening to it. It is soul feeding, and oh my god, it is soul. I think it's soul feeding to only a very few people, and to those oh. very few people, it's very soul feeding. Yeah, and so. Um, and to me, it was like, I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, now I think that what you think the book is about. So most people have not read it and they think it's a book about politics. And I don't think there's any politics in the book. I think it's a love story. That's what I get to. <laughs> I, I think it's a book about personal integrity. I'm like, yes, good. Finally, there's a book that talks about personal integrity and working hard and doing a lot. Uh huh. And so those people in the book, the people with the white hats, they mm -hmm. they put in 100 hour weeks. Yeah. And I put in 100 hour week. And most people, it's like they they struggle to do a. 30-hour week hmm. and and um and some people i think struggle to, with even the concept of a three-hour week you know <laughs> and and it's like but i've got so much to do i've got so much i can do and yeah. so i don't know i re i find that i relate to those people mm -hmm. with the white hats in that book and mm -hmm. i and maybe there's just a lot of people that don't relate to that and that's fine and so um uh, I'm just all I'm doing is I'm saying I'm excited that you're reading it and I'm I'm reliving it vicariously when you tell me about the bits and you <laughs> ask me questions like what's gonna who's that guy and it's uh -huh. like I can't tell you <laughs> I can't say and it's like what's up with that and it's like oh I want to tell you but I can't why did this person do that I thought they were a good person they they are they a good are person, a good person. <laughs> but. You don't understand why yet because right. of where you're at in the book. That'll come up later. <laughs> and so, um, but you can trust them because you know, or at least in the beginning, you saw who they were. So you can try to trust them a little bit that it's going to be all right. Sure. Yes. And that it seems like they're doing a very awful thing, but it'll turn out later to be a very good thing. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad you're reading it. All right. Looking at my list, I've got a couple of notes. <gasps> We're getting a new getting well. well. They're out there right now, it's, although it's currently Saturday. Yeah. So but the rig is out there still. It was so exciting to see that when I pulled in the I other think, day. I think that they're currently about 400 feet down. Okay. And they have water. They have water. Yeah. But it it's like too little, mm. and they're like, we got to keep going. Okay. And so, um, at least you found it, though. Well, I mean, it could be that they end up going down much deeper, and it's 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 still too little. It's not like it's like it's not worth putting a pump down the hole. Mm. It could that could happen. Ugh. That could happen. But boy, wouldn't it? Is it so? Anyway, we're on pins and needles yeah. to find out 
what happens. And so we're getting a new well at base camp because the current well um, is a third of a gallon per minute. Okay, that's not very much. Which is a trickle. Right. That gives us, because like, I think in order to, to get a certificate of occupancy, uh, you need to get three gallons per minute. Your well has to generate three okay. gallons per minute. So, um, and that's for a one bedroom home. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when we have an event here with 50 some people, we are a little low on water. We have 200 gallons a day. And so I've, I've been hoping that we'll put in a new well and then we'll have basically unlimited water. Yes. You know, like rather than 200 gallons a day, we'll have a hundred thousand gallons a day if that's what we want. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. And so, um, uh, all right. So it's, it's happening right. And it's taken us, like we started to try to get a well lined up last fall Mm -hmm. and it has just taken this long. This is like how long it takes. There's a lot to it. And you had to open up the road a little bit more too, to get in there too, with all those rigs. We, uh, we had to get the Millennium Falcon repaired. Oh, right. And so it's running again. Okay. And then, uh, we hook up the That's trailer. Exciting. We hook up the 20-ton the trailer to uh-huh. the Millennium Falcon, and then we can drive Rex, the excavator, yes. onto that trailer, which is a little bit of excitement in itself. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then we come down, we can bring the excavator down to base camp. Okay. And and now, now that our excavator, our 14-ton excavator that everybody calls Rex, mm-hmm. is um, now at base camp. And, uh, and yeah, where they're digging the well, they needed a big flat spot mm-hmm. in order to be able to bring in the well drilling gear. And they also had a support vehicle. And so they needed like something like a small parking lot yeah. in order to be able to have a spot to drill a well. So, and this is where I think, uh, two PTJs ago, um, there was a, a gal named Ramona who, okay. who doused it. Oh. And then I think after she doused it and she said this is the spot, uh-huh. then I think Jim doused it. Yes. And then and then he said this is the spot. So we've gotten several dowsing hits in this cool. spot. And for me, this spot it looks geologically like okay, I can see how this would work. Uh-huh. I can see how this spot would have more water than the spot that where we currently have a well. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Yes. Here we go. <sighs> So excited. <sighs> now, I had hoped that they would only have to go 100 feet deep, but oh. you know, they're, they're, they're way past that. Yeah. And, and it's like, all right, but, you know, there's still a chance that it'll be a great well. All right. Uh, uh, next one. Um, the So we just finished the Kickstarter for the low-tech laboratory movie. Um, it ended at a hundred and eighteen thousand. And um and and it was like uh sometimes on some of our past Kickstarters we would have like these big like the last four days would be huge. And this mm-hmm. one it was like um the the last day was huge, yeah. but the other three days of the four were about a quarter of that. Yeah. And and so it's like, well that's I don't know. I, I how do you do it correctly? It's it's like uh I mean we're doing great for all of the the kickstarters that we have done that were a single standalone movie. Uh-huh. This one is our all-time best performer. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess we are doing better. Yeah. And uh so um 
The next best one uh, was the Greenhouse movie, which mm. I don't know if I've said this in a podcast, but I think the Greenhouse movie turned out really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's like possibly the best movie we've ever put out. I'm huh. trying to think right now, like, what's better than the Greenhouse movie? Um the Free Heat movie is quite yeah, good. That's a really good one. But I think the Greenhouse movie might be better. Plus, I gotta say that if I could, if I could unhook myself from this computer, I would probably spend my days with doing joinery work and, and mm. wood um, and gardening, uh-huh. you know. But um, so maybe I'm just twisted, and I'm I'm so keen on the joinery work that's done in the movie to make the greenhouse. Plus, it's got a lot of the Wafati elements and things like yes. that to it. So. Hi, this is Mark. There are a lot of reasons to get angry these days, but I prefer to focus on the positive things that we each can do to make this world a better place. The book Building a Better World in Your Backyard, Instead of Being Angry at Bad Guys, is a great resource for just that. Instead of throwing my arms up in frustration at governments or big corporations, there's a list of ideas that we each can tackle to affect change. Information about this book and other resources can be found at permies.com. I've got lots and lots and lots of thoughts, lots to say, lots, 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 lots. But, all right. <laughs> um, the PTJ coming up this mm-hmm. summer. And um, and so we're going to try to use funds from this Kickstarter uh-huh. to augment the PTJ in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll come up with a bunch of different stuff. But we have already come up with two big things. Um, and and I'm, I'm not sure I have the details memorized, but it's like this. Um, if you are here and you appear in the movie, like if we do a, if we if we record everything and we do a Kickstarter with everything from the PDJ, uh-huh. that for every minute you appear, you're going to get fat coin. Mm-hmm. And for every minute where you took the video. Okay. You will also get fat coin. Ah. And it's not just coin, it's like you'll get you'll get actual monies, but in addition to that, you get this many dollars worth of coupons for future tickets to oh, the event. Nice. And so if somebody's in a mo- in the movie a lot and or taking a lot of video, they should be able to get like a couple of free tickets for next year. Wow. And so um uh so basically I kind of feel like if a person shows up, takes lots of video uh-huh. and that ends up in the movie, um a they might get a couple thousand dollars, wow. so basically get all the money get back free ticket from their ticket. Yeah, and on top of that, um, get a f- get free tickets huh. for the next year. So that's awfully generous. That's a great deal. I think it well, and and this is like part of the big subsidy program of um, trying to make the PTJ because I kind of feel like. Um, what we're doing here is making the future of permaculture. Yes. And, sure. and, um, and it's hard work and, and, um, uh, here, hold this for a second. I can hold it. Okay. It's hard work and, and a lot of figure it out and a lot of do, do, do. And, um, so I, I typed in the wrong password. Damn it. Uh, there. Okay. So 
uh, innovation, trying new things, mm-hmm. uh, being able to share it in, 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 in many, many, many ways. Uh-huh. And, um, and I kind of feel like, uh, for, the movie that that we just did the Kickstarter on, I I feel like we got a lot in there, mm-hmm. but I I kind of feel like there were a lot of points where it's like I wish we would have gotten more footage of this at this point yes. of the build, and I kind of feel like if we put this out in such a way that everybody's videoing or half the people are videoing, uh-huh. as opposed to just one person videoing, right. then um, uh, we'll end up with a lot more raw footage, which means that we'll have a much better final product. And so um, I, 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 I really want to, so I kind of feel like this will be a permaculture pump for the world. Yeah. And now, and, um, there was somebody that on the last, like two hours before the end of the permaculture, somebody asked a, a question and I couldn't quite make it out, but it was something like, are you going to offer this for sale? Are you going to, you know, now that it's all funded, are you going to offer it for free? Uh huh. And, and I said, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> and, uh, and basically I, I think we're going to try to do better and better and better with taking a movie and then offering several excerpts. Okay. And, um, we may have gone a little overboard with the videos that we're putting up on YouTube that are an excerpt and having it say excerpt, 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 excerpt. And the part of that is is because um, we'll say that here's an excerpt from this movie. It, yeah. it basically, we took this um, hour out of this movie and we condensed that. We took like five minutes of samples and put them together in this little YouTube video. Uh-huh. And then what will happen is is that somebody will say, how did you do this part? Right. And it's like... Because it's not in there, but you got to watch the whole movie. It's in the whole movie. Yeah. And then it's like, there was a great one. We put up an excerpt not too long ago, like a couple of weeks ago, and, and then somebody asked a question like that. And then somebody else said, did you not get the part where it says this is an excerpt? I mean, uh-huh. basically, they're trying to make a teaser here. Right. And then you go get the whole movie. And it's really cheap. And I watched the movie, and it's worth it. Yeah. And I don't know who that person was, oh, that's but so cool. it's like, that is the correct answer. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of feel like for the people that supported the Kickstarter, it's important to not just give the whole thing away for free. Right. You know, yeah. you got to be respectful of people that paid for it. Mm-hmm. And if I ever give one away for free, then the next Kickstarter will earn 90% less because people will be like, I'll just wait till the free one comes out. Right. But it costs you a lot to make this stuff happen. It does and so we depend on i mean that we depend on the kickstarter not only to make that product exist uh-huh. but then if if we sh- overshoot then um uh usually you know like kickstarter takes 10 percent, and then there's usually a whole bunch of percentage like um, i'd say roughly half of it goes to the product or right. kickstarter or the the people that got into the kickback program uh-huh. or you know there's all these things and then the rest of it is our operating capital for permies.com and for wheaton labs uh-huh. And um, and we've done so many different projects where we thought we were going to make a new Kickstarter or make a new movie or make a new product, and then something happened so that it never saw the light of day. 
And so we didn't, like, we couldn't get it to be good enough to make a Kickstarter out of it. Uh And so, you know, yet people still had to get paid and things still had to get done and, you know, whatever else. And so it's like, well, that one didn't work out. That would have been cool, but oh well. Um, So we keep trying. Yes. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I'm hoping that for the PDJ this year that we're going to have more instructors than ever before. Oh, wow. So I'm hoping that we might even get like 15. Really? And then, um, and also more attendees than ever before. And so nice. I'm hoping that we might get like 45 or 50. Wow, that'd be so cool. And, and, um, and then hopefully half the people that are here are videoing a, a fair bit. And we don't need to video the whole thing. But it's like, um, if for any build, if, if we could pop in three times a day for like five to ten minutes, yeah. that'll be enough video. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so, I mean, obviously, if there's like three to six people there helping out with that build or whatever it is, it's like, you know, once or twice in the morning and once or twice in the afternoon, we're, we're golden. Yes. Um, as opposed to, two or three minutes every two to three days and it's like we end up with not really enough video well you have so much going on here during the btj so many different projects going on all at once that it would be hard for one person being possible for one person to keep track of all of it right and so this new system i'm hoping will be multifaceted one will end up with more video so we can make a better product Uh and then if we have like a, a kickstarter every year Oh, like cool. this, yeah. then it subsidizes the event, and so which is getting to be a little challenging because um, if you've got uh, roughly three instructors on or three attendees on average per instructor, and all the instructors want to get paid to be here, uh-huh. then it's like and the and we've made the tickets really cheap. We're not coming up with enough money to pay the instructors, let alone feed everybody. Yeah. And, and feed everybody. pay for all the materials. So like last year the event probably went about twenty five grand in the hole, Ooh. subsidized by Kickstarters. Yeah. But it's kinda like, okay, let's let's go even more in the hole. But <laughs> but let's do better. Uh-huh. And then maybe in time we'll have this great pump where we pump out this permaculture growth every year. Um hmm. That, you know, that's, maybe that's the way. Yeah. I'm hoping it will be because I think that the things that we come up with are super cool. And um, there's lots of room for even more growth, but, you know, we need more video and we, you know, and we, and the other thing is we need the instructors to be cool with being videoed. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they're a little bit like, ah, you know, uh-huh. they're a little, they're a little stingy. They're, they want to oh. interact with the human beings that are there. Yeah. They're not so keen to interact with the cameras. And so it's mm. like, um, but if we say for every minute you appear in the final movie, you get more, more monies. Yes. Then I think they'll be like, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you all about this and how it came to be. I got a lot to say about this, it turns out. <laughs> Suddenly there's yeah. more video. And they have the opportunity to teach to people that weren't able to come out here. People all over the world want to learn this. And a lot of them can't travel or they don't. And they have an opportunity to learn these things because you're making a video and sharing it. 
That kind of leads me to another thing. Like the whole JR is here. This uh-huh. you know, he's a ringer. He's not in the boot camp because he wants to learn these things. <laughs> he knows these things. Right. Now, granted, we do it a slightly different way than he's used to, and but I think he enjoys that path. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I don't know. I want to encourage their. I want to encourage more ringers. To, to come by. Yeah. So it used to be when Ernie's health wasn't so bad that Ernie and Erica uh-huh. would come by like three or four times a year and they'd be here for like a week or two at a time. And it was it was dreamy. They are so awesome. They are amazing. Yeah. And and yet, you know, Ernie's health is really bad. And um and so that makes the so neither of them can really travel. Yeah. And so um we that's just they haven't been here in years now mm. um but uh surely there are other ringers you mm-hmm. know whether they're plumbers or electricians or yeah. <clears throat> um builders of some kind mm-hmm. um and uh uh and and I like the idea that the boots in the boot camp get to absorb all of this knowledge oh, yeah. and um and hopefully that knowledge persists in the boot camp uh-huh. for you know years and years and years to come and um uh but uh it 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 really kind of helps with our projects in between pdjs and mm-hmm. um but on top of that uh we can also like you know bring people in like if they come and they're, and they're a ringer and then it's like wow that was amazing that's like talk about having you here for the pdj which oh, yeah. i got to apologize to everybody i i like it when the pdj is all organized and on rails by january 1st uh-huh. and and this year we are way behind schedule and so um we have i think we have uh 12 instructors that are definitely in. Okay. And we have 12 more where we're still talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like once we hit 15, then we'll move forward. And then okay. the, for the ones that have said yes, we keep saying, like, we need a headshot and, like, a little bit of a bio. Uh-huh. And, of course... You know, they're like putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And and so I'm saying like, let's just put their name up there with like a picture of Shrek (laughs) (laughs) or something, you know, Uh, and say, you know, this is them. And then then they'd be like, oh, no, here's here's a better picture than a picture of Shrek, you know, (laughs) and and suddenly and then and then for a bio, we can make something up, you know, Mm. and to fill it in until. You know, and we could even say this is we we wrote this to fill until they come up with something that's actually true, uh-huh. and and so we can um, I, fun. something silly. Yeah. We'll put something silly in there, and then once there's something silly, they'll be like, okay, you got me. I wrote a bio now. Yeah, <laughs> here, here you go. Here you go. All right, uh, but in the meantime, there have been several people that have bought tickets. You know, and they're like. I know it's going to be great. Yeah. So I'm already in. I know you're going to be here. I'm going to be here. So I know that that every instructor is like, what am I going to be building or doing? Uh-huh. And it's like, you know what? Let's have that conversation as soon as we've we've gotten to the point where we know which instructors we're having over. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's like, and we, I guess we could have the conversations in parallel, but we were doing a Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> so that's a lot to be doing. But now getting getting people to come to the PDJ, I think, is going to be our 
our top thing. Now, of course, there's the PDC, mm-hmm. and that's selling tickets fine. You've got Alan Booker coming back for that. Oh, yeah. So awesome. He is so good. Yeah. And and so um, that's going to be um, – uh, there's still tickets available. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I think I think that there's like uh, 18 tickets sold so far. But it's Okay. And this is a thing that I think – and, I, uh, you know, it's weird how this podcast is. The moment I turn the recording thing on, it's like, oh, there's a thing. I have to say, uh-huh. I wanna I wanna do a shout out for Diego Footer for yeah. putting on Permaculture Voices so many years ago. I think it was nine years uh-huh. ago, and I talked to him like for that first one probably once a week as he's preparing for it, mm-hmm. and he was going absolutely berserk <sighs> because it's like. In order to pull this off, I need to sell at least 700 tickets. Because in order to get Michael Pollan in, I had to agree to pay him before I've gotten any money at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking this big gamble. And the venue is so expensive. And I've had to give a deposit. Uh So I'm out like this enormous mountain of money. And I've only sold two tickets to the whole event. So... uh. In the end, I think he sold something like 650 tickets. And so I think he ran, he didn't quite break even, but he was really close, which is why he did it again the next Uh year. But the other thing is, is that if it wasn't for this thing in the community about like, oh, permaculture voices, I'm not going to that because they're obviously blatantly sexist. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, that was my whole, a big part of my, my keynote at Permaculture Voices kind of covered that. And, and I, so I gave the keynote and I talked about how there's all these people and, and I want to, I don't know if I've ever shared this in a podcast, but it's been nine years. And so, and I'm going to change the names to protect the guilty. <laughs> um, but I told him, I said, here's what's, you know, so, so Diego's setting it up and it's going to be magnificent. Mm-hmm. He's got all these great speakers and it's, and, and there's all, all the video for it is available on Permies for like a hundred bucks. Just get all the video for Permaculture Voices one, two, and three. Wow. And I still think that that is just an amazing deal. Yeah. But, um, and they're great videos. They're great presentations. It's great stuff. And I want to actually, I want to fill about four hours talking about how great it is. But <clears throat> setting setting that aside, um, I said to Diego as he's setting it up, and it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you this thing, and you're going to tell me it, that that's too crazy, it's not going to happen. And, I, mm. and it's like, but but probably in a week or two, now that you've announced the event, in a week or two, you'll be contacted by this guy, and uh, uh, he's going he's going to want to help you. Uh-huh. And what he's going to try to do is take over the event, and then he'll want to receive the money while you're stuck with the expenses. Uh-huh. And so you'll need to tell this guy and that, that nope, we're good. Yeah. Thank you for your offer, uh-huh. but we... And, and it's like, and he will behave poorly, mm. but that's better than if you accepted his help. Exactly. Sure enough, a week and a half later, he got the call, and he said, no, thank you. So the guy set up an event that's exactly the same across the street. What? And they and he was going to sell his tickets for less. Oh my god. So Diego pays these guys to come and speak, uh-huh. including all their airfare like Jeff Lawton from Australia, uh-huh. you know, and and all of these speakers paying all of their expenses to get here and paying them to speak at the event. Uh-huh. And this other guy 
would pay them just to speak at his event. Mm. And so I was like, hey, as long as you're here, why not get a little extra money? Oh, my gosh. So yeah. he set that up, and he announced his event. Mm. And, and then all sorts of people shouted him down. So the event got moved uh-huh. and the date got changed. So first it got moved to be in the middle of the United States. And um, and their calling card was, don't go to voices, they're sexist. Oh, my gosh. And so then in the middle of the United States, they set up this event and it was at the same time. So mm-hmm. now they're trying to say, like, don't go to Diego's event. Go to our event hmm. instead. And then um, I don't know. Wiser minds prevailed, and they 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 set it back like five months, six mm. months. So it happened like six months later. Okay. That was the North American Permaculture Convergence. Oh. And so I'm going. I, I notice. I, I think I've done a very good job of leaving names out. And then mm-hmm. the people who ended up managing the event knew nothing about. This other stuff. Uh-huh. So they kind huh. of inherited it and helped make it happen. Yeah. And and as much as it was built on on the uh, the the word of uh, uh, you know though don't go to that one it's sexist. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my I, uh, I, when I looked at their uh, page, mm-hmm. it was um, uh, one quarter of their speakers were female. Mm. So and the reason why they called voices sexist uh-huh. is because um, of their keynotes. There were seven keynotes and uh, Dr. Elaine Ingham was one of uh-huh. them and the other others were all guys. There was mm-hmm. me, Willie Smits, Toby Hemingway, of course, um, uh, Michael Pollan, uh-huh. uh, Joel Salatin, um, so, uh, and uh, uh, Alan Savory. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, wow. and it's like, um, so... And basically, my keynote was dedicated to like, okay, you know, who are the other women in permaculture that would have sold tickets as a keynote speaker? And I was struggling. Yeah. I mean, there are some, mm-hmm. but it, it's a different flavor of permaculture, like Starhawk. Starhawk's book is so good. Have you ever read The Fifth no. Sacred Thing? It's really good. Oh, man. Uh-huh. what? And there's some elements in there that are just like, oh, man, that is, that is said so perfectly. Mm. Anyway, but... Um, <clears throat> Uh, and, and Starhawk was a speaker, was a keynote, I believe, the next year, mm-hmm. as well as, um, I think, um, uh, Maddie Harlan, the cool. publisher for Permanent Publications, uh-huh. uh, which is Permaculture Magazine yeah. in England. Um, and so, uh, but anyway, um, uh, I kind of thought it was funny how they pointed at Diego and said sexist, and then, um, uh, at their own event, they they had the exact same thing happen, right. you know. So pot calling the kettle black. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I don't think I don't think it was like no one was blocking women or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like you know people were selected based upon their achievement. Mm-hmm. And and it's like uh, and I don't know if you're gonna choose between Willie Smiths and Maddie Harland. I, I kind of feel like I'm going to go with Willie Smith. I mean, yeah. man, the stuff he's done is so uh-huh. phenomenal. I mean, Maddie's gotten a lot of stuff done, too. And she has. There's a lot of awesome stuff mm-hmm. to hear about from Maddie. And um, uh, and I've got new questions for her because of somebody I just met a couple of weeks ago who's doing something similar to Maddie and uh-huh. the resources. Anyway, that, 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 that's a whole different thing. <laughs> Immediately following Permaculture Voices 1, they had a PDC, like, right there. Like, as long as you're here, yeah. 
you could take a PDC. And so they had a guest instructor, and the first thing, you know, the guest instructor showed up, and then the students that were there, which I kind of got the impression was pretty packed, Uh said, how come you didn't go to PV1? And so this guest instructor at this at that particular PDC, uh-huh. which is tied to PV1, she said, because it was obviously blatantly sexist. And the uh. students shouted her down. <laughs> I thought that was really rather brilliant. But the thing is, is putting on an event like that is so hard. And yeah. I keep getting people who, who say to me, like, you got to put on an event. No, <laughs> you got to put on an event. Why don't you do it? And it's like, it is, it is super duper hard. It's hard enough without that kind of awfulness going yeah. on. And, and really, what was at the root of it is that bad guy. Mm-hmm. That bad guy is like, let me come and help you so I can steal. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Well, then... I will fuck up your shit. And, and that's, and that is the true root of all those sexist claims. And then all of these permits, the thousands, tens of thousands of people keen on mm. permaculture didn't, you know, dismissed the idea entirely uh-huh. because of sexism. Yeah. Because they believe what that guy said. Instead of looking at it themselves. They believed what they were hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody would say to them, I'm not going because it's so sexist. I mean, look at it. And and it's like, oh, I don't want to support anything that's sexist. I'm amazed that there's a sexist permaculture thing, but I'm just going to not even look at it because mm-hmm. I heard it was sexist. And so it's like, it's amazing how... So the primary poison of permaculture is permaculture people. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, and it has to do with this kind of thing. And it's not that... These tens of thousands of people, they, they're not bad people, but they didn't, they didn't look into it more. Right. And so, you know, and, 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 and I, I don't know if I would look into it more except for the fact that I was trying to help Diego get it up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I still think it's the best permaculture event I've ever mm. been to in all of my life. It was so amazing. Okay. And, and now here it is nine years later and I can say, Nina, Nina, I went and you didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, it was glorious. And every once in a while I run into somebody who was there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, wow. It, it was like talking to somebody like, you know, uh, I, I, I've, you, you see it in movies or something like people went to Woodstock. Uh-huh. And it's like, I guess that's a big, awesome thing. Oh, I was there. And well, I was at PV1. Yes. And it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. And so, um, I'm so glad I went and I got to meet Willie Smith. I got to meet so many people I've never met in person. Really? And it was just dreamy through and yeah. through. But I think we have, uh, podcasts that we recorded right after the event so if you want to hear more about uh-huh. want to hear more about us talking about how dreamy it was if you're like, <laughs> this podcast is a mishmash of different things oh speaking at the Missoula Library yes. you you said uh, how did it go are you going to yeah. go and speak there again no oh. I am not going to speak there again okay. because and this is hilarious so I, I they lined me up to speak three times and they were so excited mm-hmm. and then and when I got there for the first one they were like we're lucky if we can get two people to come to one of these speaker events. Mm. And so, and then on the first one, I think I had, I don't know, 
25 or so. And okay. on the second one, it was pushing 40. Wow. And on the third one, I think it's back to 25 maybe. Okay. Um, but that was for skip stuff, which is a, a little harder for people to get their head wrapped around yeah. the first time. Um, but uh, apparently, uh, when I spoke a second time, then uh, nobody went to the library to say, wow, that was amazing. Mm. Bring that guy back all the time. Uh-huh. Nobody went and said that because they just kind of went to the event. And they enjoyed themselves and then they went on their merry way. Okay. But one person went and talked to, I don't know, the executive director of the library or something like that and uh-huh. said, oh, he said a naughty word. Oh, my gosh. And he said it more than once. Oh, no. He said it over and over and over again. Oh. And it's like, how dare you? The library <laughs> have somebody using words that I've randomly selected to shame. So I shame you for supporting these words. So when the library told me that, it's like, okay, the executive director is like, uh, so... Either you got to stop using these words or we can't have you speak here because the executive director doesn't want to hear from that person ever again. Right. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. You don't want, you don't want what's good and right and decent. You, you want some peace. You've got other problems to deal with. Fastest possible solution is that guy just doesn't speak here. No. And, and granted, I imagine that same person came back the next day to talk about, like, I've made a list of books that need to be burned because they use the words <laughs> that I've randomly selected to shame. Huh. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to change the way I live my life based upon a small, pitiful life revolving around random words of shame. Now, now if you watch... Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. There's the knights who say knee. Yeah. And then, um, but the thing is, is that they are the knights who say knee. And then later they come up with a different word, which I can't remember. But they say, you know, we will let you pass if you bring us a shrubbery. Uh-huh. And then, uh, so they go out and they get a shrubbery and they say, that's a very nice shrubbery. Uh-huh. And so we think it's nice. We're thinking of doing a little landscaping over here and it'll go, that'll go well with that. But, you know, now we are not the knights who, Say knee. We we have the knights who say this other thing, and then he says the word is like you know well, what is that or whatever, uh-huh. and then they start screaming, and it's like you said the word that shall not be spoken, oh, and the word was is, uh-huh. and and it's like they're freaking the fuck out because you know is is no don't say the word don't say it don't say it, so that's. This person yeah. is is like, you know, oh, is. And it's like, but they selected different words. Now, um, so I said, I I am not going to live a lesser life. My life is grand. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live a lesser life to support a fucking nitwit. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm not going to reward this nitwit who's going around trying to shame people into living their living some sort of pitiful life just some and now that said um i do want to state i want to go go on the record as saying i am glad that the shamers exist Hmm. i am because because of their deep convictions and their life of shame Uh and they they feel so powerfully about it so they and they lose their shit 
over, you know, somebody gave a presentation and said words. And, and because they go, they become so psychotic about it. That makes all of the works of Robin Williams 30% more enjoyable. Huh. Because think about it, if, if nobody, if there were no shamers in the world, uh-huh. all of the stuff of Robin Williams, all of the works of Robin Williams would be 30% less awesome. Huh. What makes it awesome is that he gives a verbal kick in the nuts to the shamers. Mm. And that, and it's like, and it's just, it's like the first time I sat down with, the, he had an album called Reality, What a Concept. And uh-huh. so, and I heard this album for the first time. It was like, it was so great. But he had this thing, and I'm sure you've never heard it, but I'm going to say it now. Uh-huh. And so he has this, here is my impression of a New York Echo. Have you ever heard this? No, you haven't. No. Okay, all right. And he says, here's my impression of a New York Echo. Hello! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and 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 I just laughed and laughed because... You know, it's using one of those words yeah. from the shame oh list that, that at the time I was not allowed to ever speak, but oh. apparently I found a way to hear it yeah. on vinyl record. Uh-huh. And so, um, I enjoyed it so thoroughly. Now, this podcast is continued in part two. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Have you seen the new video of Wheaton Labs? It is permaculture awesomeness with all new and improved things like more rocket mass heaters, easy bake coffin, Willy Wonka, rocket cooktop 2.0, and the truly passive greenhouse. To see more, go to permies.com slash tour. Again, that is permies.com slash tour.